the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Your Life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Life is a series of circles and cycles, phases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the James Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and to overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I'll tell you, hey, my, my great friend Noah, man, uh, I am so excited about uh, our guest tonight, man. And uh, he's coming from Liverpool over in England, <laughs> you know. And uh, That's what we call uh, across the pond. That's what they call across the pond. And I, I tell you, this guy is such an interesting guest. Um, normally, this, this is our first comedian uh, that uh, we're having on the show. And uh, I tell you, I believe that uh, this is going to be a great show. Uh, such a great guy. And uh, I just want our listeners to, to sit back and just enjoy this great guy. Michelle going to tell us a little bit about him uh, in a minute, a lot more about him in a minute. You know, but uh, one of the things I want uh, our listener audience to know that there might be a slight delay since uh, uh, this great gentleman is coming from uh, England. I'm talking about on, on the call, on Facebook, or on all our social media platforms. And so, uh, you know, uh, I tell you, just just hang in there. It's going to be great. Yeah, there's you know always when you're dealing with uh, international calls, there's that slight delay, but it's you know it's part of the whole setup, and it's not going to be that long of a delay. People are going to enjoy the conversation. I can't wait to uh, find out about John. I I am looking forward to uh, learning a lot more about this young man as well. You know, so uh, I tell you. I listen to audience right now. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. So, uh, Noah, uh, we're gonna keep it briefly. But how your day been going so far? Uh, it's been going well. I talked to actually why I'm in such a good mood. I talked to one of my good friends, and you know him. He's been on the show, Joe Camp. Today, interviewed him for my show, and. You know, becoming loose friends with him over the last couple of years has been a real treat, and I always love talking to Joe. Man, Joe is such a fantastic guy, and uh, man, I, I I look forward to having him back on the show again real soon. And uh, man, he's just incredible. Yeah, people can hear my chat with him on my show this weekend on across the county. So just you know, go to the website, go to theanswersandiego.com, and look at the show time and be able to hear him. It's going to be a great discussion. I know it's going to be a great discussion, man. And uh, I look forward to uh, actually hearing hearing that as well. You know, so, uh, but I want to get started with uh, this great show here. And uh, I tell you, if, if listener audience, if you want to be part of this conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. 344 Hi, so, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I was getting ready to introduce my great co-host, but uh, since you're already there, Michelle Cooley, can you please tell our listening audience uh, a little bit about the show uh, tonight, the purpose, the title, and uh, let's go from there. Well, the title of the show today is Stand-Up Comedy with Liverpool's John Wilson, and let me tell you, he is the first 
comedian we have ever had on the James Cooley show, It's Your Life. So this is truly an honor. And the purpose of the show tonight is getting to know the background of John and discuss the challenges and his road in becoming a stand-up comedian and talk about how John prepares for his material and, you know, his preparation times before he gets on stage and discuss his experiences on stage with the audience and also the projects he's working on currently. Wow. You know, so why don't you introduce this great guy uh, to our listening audience? Yes, John Wilson. From bus driver to computer engineer to comedian, John started his comedy career when he attended a comedy course in Liverpool in 2013. Since then, he has performed at the many venues around the U.K., including the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and the famous 100 Club in London, which gave birth to the Sex Pistols, The Clash, The Dam, Feigsey, and The Banshees, the Bu- and The Buzzcocks. His appearance in the double special show with a thanks to Crystal Gorgeous and Chris Gorgeous led to the Florida stage. Appearing in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, a 2016 fantasy film directed by David Yates. A joint British and American production, it is a spin-off and pre-quote to the Harry Potter film series. He also stars in Don't Die in Liverpool, a 2017 biographical romantic drama film directed by Paul McGilligan and starring Annette Benning and Jamie Bell with a cast that includes Vanessa Redgrave and Julie Walters. The James Cooley Show to Live proudly presents and welcomes Mr. John Wilson. John, how you doing, my friend? You know, Noah I and Michelle are so excited. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I tell you, you are, you 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 are second international guest on this show and we've been doing this uh uh, two years, so we got to do this a lot more. But uh, I'm excited to get a chance to know a little bit about you because I started out as an actor and as a stand-up comedian as well. And uh, you know how that business is. Uh, I'm doing radio now, man. <laughs> so, uh, hey, John, can you uh, please tell our listening audience what is, what is it like growing up in Liverpool? What was it like uh, developing into the guy that you are today because you, as a bus driver, as all these other type, as an engineer, and now you're a stand-up comedian? So can can you tell us a little bit about your background? Right. So, well, first of all, I'd just like to thank everybody uh, for, for being on the show tonight. I'm absolutely honoured. I mean, first comedian on, you know, I'm very proud about that straight out of the gate. Um and uh, and also a big shout out to uh, a wonderful friend of mine, um, uh, Crystal Gorgeous, uh, who's uh, uh, this is a lovely friend of mine, and uh, so now now apparently my publicist as well. So that's good, isn't it? <laughs> um, growing up in Liverpool, wow. I mean, uh, I'm like Liverpool area, right? So uh, I'm not like in the city centre. Um, I'm in the surrounding areas. I'm now a little bit more grassy where I live these days. Um, and uh, growing up in Liverpool, so I was sort of, you know, I was uh, I was a '60s child, um, and uh, so obviously, you know, I sort of became aware, uh, or certainly self-aware, in the '70s, and uh, uh, growing up with mum and dad in what you would call a tenement um, accommodation, um, and uh, so you know things were tough. Mum, uh, dad worked. Mum didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, so uh, there was no such thing as credit cards back then. You know, we just had to make do with what we had there and there. There was no heating either. And, you know, I'm feeling really old all of a sudden. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, I, I am very interested to know uh, uh, different changes in the job. What led you to choosing the career path? That you're currently on, man. I, I mean, I'm telling you, I was in the game, so I know how that work. Uh, to uh, sit and say, okay, this is what I'm, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. This is what my character is. This is what my legacy is. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Well, see, so basically, you know, straight sixteen, straight into school. Uh, sorry, straight into uh, shipbuilding um, when I left school. 
um, and uh, I had various jobs along the way, and I went bus driving along the along the journey, and then I became a computer engineer on the journey, and then obviously I became uh, a comedian. I wanted to start comedy. Now, the journey, it's funny because I've got, um, there's people within the family that have, um, uh, uh, have done comedy that's famous this side of the water that you would have never have heard of. And I was always a big fan of him. His name was Al Dean. He was a stand-up comedian, very sort of um, silly, because um, I love the silliness of comedy. Uh, I really do. Um, and he very much did that, and he became second in a very uh, a big show over here in the UK. So I always looked at that, and it was sort of that interested me, you know, um, how that chap could, how my cousin was my second cousin, how he could actually get up and do that on stage and be daft and silly. You know, he used to come on stage with a pair of wellies, spotty shorts, and that was it. Um, and um, so I looked at that, and then uh, as, I, as I became old, as I got into my 40s, I thought, I'd really like to try this stand-up. I'd really like to get on stage. and Because, I, you know, I, I did, I was that um, a class clown. You know, uh, I was that kid who was making everybody else laugh. Uh, you know, just so I could avoid being punched in the face or have all my dinner money stolen. You know, so uh, it sounds harder than it was, but um, and then, and then, because I've often thought to myself, why didn't I start earlier? I often wish I did, and you know, because I would have been cracking through the late eighties, into the nineties, on into that scene, but I never did. So basically what happened was uh, I got into my 40s and thought, oh, well, I want to have a go at it now because I think I've got something to say. And now I realise that it's because I never had anything to say, you know, as a younger man. You know, hey, 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 John, 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 I, I need for you to hold those thoughts. We we got to pay the bills, so we got to take a station break. <laughs> but but yeah, you know what? <laughs> man, this is so interesting. And, um, you know, I can't wait to delve deeper and deeper inside of your head and and uh, I listen to the audience I tell you if you want to be part of this conversation which I did not get a number out earlier that's one 344 again that's one 344 we'll be back shortly after the break with John Wilson it's your life I'm James Cooley there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with James Cooley Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true-life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, The True Life Coming of Age Story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. 
It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, uh, I'm so excited to have this guest song uh, coming from overseas. <laughs> and, uh, wow, yeah, I tell you, uh, we, we, we had an opportunity to... Uh, uh, look this guy up, He's a very funny guy, doing a, a lot of great things, um, multi-talent, talented guy, and it's just an absolute pleasure know, to have him on the, the show tonight. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Uh, I, I don't know why, and uh, but I have always just enjoyed British humor, uh, more so than what we hear a lot here in the States. You know, Monty Python's one of my favorite things. Maybe I'll ask him about that a little bit later. Uh, but I just connect with the mentality over there just a little bit more. And so to find out more about John is a real treat. Can't wait for more. Can't wait. But uh, one thing I forgot to do because I was so carried away uh, with this guest, I don't think I properly introduce my co-host. Uh, Michelle Cooley. Well, you better and, correct that real quickly. Well, well you know I'm going to have to do that. Uh, listen, audience, uh, that's that's my fault. Uh, you know, my my great co-host decided not to travel with me this time to California. She's back in Texas. Of course, I'm in Temecula, California, San Diego. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, she is so important. Or, you know, she is the glue to our team. I, I, I call her the cornerstone, J.C., <laughs> I, I think I know what happened. I think you were so excited having John on the show tonight. You just went straight to uh, introducing him and asking him questions. But Michelle saved you again. You all excited. Huh? Well, no, I said Michelle no. saved you again, JC. <laughs> she always make us look good, Noah. But I listen to this. I tell you, with this great guest, John Wilson, if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven again. That's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Please call in and ask this great guy some questions. John, you know I have to ask you this. You had uh, have anybody ever asked you? Did you ever know or meet the Beatles or have you? I mean, I'm talking about. The, I mean, since you live in Liverpool, I mean, I mean, I I, I got to ask that question. Well. I mean, you know, the standard play for any Liverpoolian um, uh, would be that everybody and anybody knows the Beatles or had some sort of connection with the Beatles, and everyone's got a story to tell. Um, how true those stories are, I don't know, um, but I can certainly give you my own uh, uh, ten cents worth, um, if you like. So, um, basically, uh, what well, claim to fame? I was I was in a pub many, many moons ago that Paul McCartney used to frequent with his brother, uh, Mike McCartney. And they used to go into the bar and they'd buy everybody around the drinks uh, and then chat to a few people. And I've got, I never got to speak to Paul McCartney, but, but he did buy me a drink. So, you know, that's one loose connection. That means you know him. <laughs> <laughs> if you buy somebody a drink, you know him. <laughs> right, right. So... There was, there's that connection. There's a, there's my uh, my wife, uh, my ex-wife. Uh, she uh, her her uncle uh, pushed Ringo Starr out of a tree and he broke his arm. Ooh! <laughs> now you probably say, "Oh, that sounds awful," but it's probably about I think they were about six or seven years of age at the time. Um, so uh, there's another tenuous link. Um, and um, and Paul McCartney lives just up the road from me in one of his many houses, which he bought for his father, which is uh, called Rembrandt, uh, which is actually named after a, a racehorse his father uh, bought. I think that's right. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, no, I'm no expert, you know. Um, but um, what other links have we got for you? Well, here's one. This is quite a dark link, really. Uh, but a friend of mine who's always wanted to meet the Beatles and uh, and, and so on, uh, and wanted that connection in one way, shape, and other. He uh, used to get on the uh, the bus with a chap who tried to uh, kill George Harrison, um, which is, uh, yeah, there you go. It's a tenuous, tenuous link. But uh, and you think, well, how bizarre is that, that this guy's out walking the streets? But that's another story. Um, uh, I think it was... Uh, 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 well, anyway, let's not go down that road. But anyway... 
Uh, so they're, they're my tenuous links, and you'll hear many stories like that um, across Liverpool that people have, uh, you know, have met and, uh, and so on, and the relatives. But there is a lot of connections with relatives though in Liverpool because there was a lot. Of, you know, families were big back then. Um, so there were cousins, and, uh, you know, and uncles and second cousins and third cousins that were related in one way, shape, or form. John, some people assume doing stand-up comedy is easy. Can you dispel that myth? Um, kind of, kind of briefly summarize your road um, becoming a stand-up comedian. It's the most frightening thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Getting on that stage, you know, all on your own, and um, having to uh, to keep these. Uh, individuals entertained and try and make people laugh because that's all we want to do is we want to smile and we want to laugh about maybe some silly things and maybe some important things that are made to look silly um, and uh, it's, it's, it is it's it's a quite a frightening experience and it still exists within me you know when I you know it's not just I, I am quite confident I can I do want to rock up on stage no problems at all but you've got to get you want to get everything right. You want the people to enjoy themselves. So there's a lot of pressure. Um, and, um, but I don't, get, I don't get as nervous as I used to. If it was going to a new venue, you know, a, a new place. I mean, certainly uh, when I go to new venues, I'm always a little bit nervous than normal. Um, but, um, you know, um, but yeah, it, it's, it's a frightening experience for sure. <laughs> John, producer Noah here. So glad to have you on the show. Uh, and before I get to the really hard question, uh, who and what makes you laugh? It doesn't necessarily have to be in the UK. Maybe it's, you know, uh, somebody from abroad. And then actually after your answer, are you a big Monty Python fan? Because I am the hugest Monty Python fan in the world. I absolutely love John Cleese in every way, shape, and form. Right, yeah. I mean, um I mean, the, the, the legends of comedy, that's certainly where I could go back to, you know, when I started hearing about comedies as, as a young child, you know, we were watching these types of shows, the Monty Python show, which was groundbreaking at the time because it was just completely off the wall. Um, and then going into the 80s, then we had shows over here like The Young Ones that you may be aware of, uh, which was a fantastic show, was again, which was groundbreaking. Oh, I haven't heard of that uh, one. Because it was which was, well, you need, you need to get on it. So it's sort of the same stable as uh, the Blackadder stable and so on. Um, uh, Blackadder, if you've never watched any of those, uh, which is, you know, all sort of... It's like a tree, isn't it, of comedy? I mean, I'm a massive comedy fan, and I forget a lot of things about comedy and the names and the, 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 the programmes that used to be on TV back in the day. But... Um, uh, sort of, you, you can track it all back. You know, you can go to Monty Python, then you come forward from Monty Python and see what they did, and then you're on to the next comedy part of the tree. And you see any particular individual, John? What from Monty Python? Uh, okay, yeah, sure. Let's let's make it a two prong question. Any particular? So, which member of the Python family did you find the most funny? And then uh, perhaps an individual outside of Python. I mean, John Cleese, as you said before, I am a massive fan of John Cleese. Um, I think, you know, it's like asking me to choose my favorite child. I <laughs> think it's going to be a real struggle, <laughs> especially with the Python team. Um, you know, because you can go back before them, which was, which was a rad more of a radio show, but then it became a TV show, which was The Goons. So, you know, you go back from The Goons and then you go back into sort of like Laurel and Hardy and then you know, Harold Lloyd, and then, do you know what I mean? So it's like, there's a progression that starts, it starts somewhere and then develops into other things. Um, so, um, but yeah, Monty Python, for me, it's just, well, literally the Holy Grail, so forgive me for the <laughs> No, 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 I, um, I, it's, you know what, when I've had a rough day at the office, I will go home, John, and, uh, you know, I don't really throw on new shows except for on the weekend, so if it's been a long week, uh, each and every day I go home and I either throw on Seinfeld or I throw on Monty Python because it gets me laughing every time. Right. Well, we'll need to get you on to that Blackadder and, uh, uh, and those other shows, the young ones. 
And we'll, and we'll end the segment with why the chicken crossed the road. I, I know you have a top-notch answer for this. <laughs> Do you know what? I've got no answer. You know when people come up to you and say, hey, you're a comedian, tell us a joke. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, uh, do you know, I'd love to know the answer. Um, oh, there you go. I, I do remember one, actually. Um, I'm not going to lie. I did Google it about five minutes ago. So, uh, yeah, why did the chicken cross the road? To, to go and see the idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you go, knock, knock. Who's there? The idiot. <laughs> it's a lot of idiots out there. <laughs> it's a lot of oh, <laughs> I tell you what, we're going to take a station break. We're going to break away a little bit earlier because I want to come back and make sure that we don't miss anything from this great, great guest. And if you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1 888 Again, that's 1 1170. It's your life. I'm James Cool. We'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gift of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must-listen-to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. It's the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever audio books are sold. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Noah Dingley here, producer of The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audiobooks are sold. Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And I tell you, wow, we got this fantastic guest here. A very funny guy, but also a very serious guy. And uh, I tell you, this guy took the time, uh, it's, and I'm just gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you. It's probably about three o'clock in the morning where he's at. I mean, and uh, you know what's funny, JC? I have a couple of people that I know overseas, and I, I always forget about the time change. It, it, so that just shows the dedication from John right there. That's dedication, my friend, and uh, uh, not just that, but uh, he wanted to share his message. And we want to hear his message. We want to hear everything that he's doing. And potentially, he can be a guest of my great producer. You make all those decisions. Oh, I've already he, made off-air notes, trust me. <laughs> uh, he can be a guest <laughs> on the show again. You know, So uh, I tell you, uh, John, uh, so excited. We're really enjoying this. Listen to the audience. If you want to be part of this great conversation with John Wilson, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. 
You know what, John? Every every comedian they have a certain um, routine they do on how to prepare their material for their performance. How do you come up with the material for your stand-up comedy, and what is your practice method to um, make sure you're giving the audience what they're looking for? Well, now listen, Michelle, if I take you into the mind of the comedian, you may never get out again. So, you know, we might, we might we'll all be in trouble. Um, listen, I mean, I'm not very prepared. You can, for the viewers at home the, and the listeners, there's a shelf behind me with a lot of junk on it. And that's basically what my mind looks like on the inside. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I do prepare, I do, I can script certain parts of my routine um, that I might use as what we would like to call maybe a back pocket gag. Um, but generally, I like to f free roll, really, you know, just go on stage and just see where we go. Um, but, you know, you're always going to have, you know, maybe some jokes or opening jokes or non-jokes, as I like to call them. Um, to uh, to you know try and get the audience on side you know so, so having the ability to swap and change and uh, with the material but I like to free I'm a free spirit I, I you know I don't a friend of mine once said to me he said I've never seen you do the same thing twice on stage so that probably tells you basically what I do I rock up with with a blank notepad and away we go so <laughs> that's it. John, what is the funniest joke you have ever heard? Well, there you go. You see, stopping and asking a comedian on the street. You're a comedian. Tell us a joke. Um, funniest joke. Oh, there's so many. You ask me to choose my children again, aren't you? Um, I do. I'm a massive Emo Phillips fan. Probably if people listening to me, they probably tell to say, well, hang on, I think we know where John's comedy's going now. Oh, what's certainly what he's interested in, because I am interested in the daft and the silly uh, in the comedy, you know, that clown uh, type character. But uh, he tells a fantastic joke where he says, uh, I, won't even, I won't even attempt to do an Emo Phillips impersonation before we start. So, But basically he says, I've lent my friend $15,000 for plastic surgery, but now I don't know what he looks like. <laughs> So that's Emo Phillips. That's one of my favorite Emo Phillips jokes. John, has anything, I mean, I guess when you get into the line of being a stand-up comic, you kind of have to have a, a thick skin. Maybe some routines don't work, and so you, you got to move on. you got to realize that, move on, try new things. Some people are better at it than others. Has anything ever embarrassed you that happened while you were on stage? Yeah, I, <laughs> And yeah, and it happened in America of all places. You couldn't write it, could you? Um, uh, it was uh, Florida, St. Pete. I was with my good friend, uh, Chris Gorgeous, uh, who's a wonderful uh, headline comedian. And uh, we were doing this gig, and it was on a balcony. Um, and um, uh, it was a bit like Romeo and Juliet, you know, but on a larger scale, and there was only going to be one person who's going to be dying that night. Um, and um, I went up onto the balcony and the audience members were in front of me and I was uh, chatting away. And uh, one of the audience members stopped me mid-flow and asked if he could buy me a drink. Um, so I'm looking down at this guy and I'm going, yeah, sure, okay. And so he brings me up a drink up to the side of the stage. I carry on drinking the drink. And uh, I suppose, so I suppose that was the craziest thing. I would say that's uh, happened to me on the American stage. So, who is your favorite? Like, okay, we we talked about like you know the com uh, you know comedy stylings that maybe inspired you and Monty Python. But if we're talking straight up stand up comedy, which is a little different from the shows on TV, who's your favorite stand up comedian? Wow. You get me. You keep asking me to choose. Don't you? I know. Time, favorite children. It's a rough, it's a rough could... gig. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Dave Chappelle, he's my lord and master. He's the GOAT. I absolutely love the man to death. Um, you know, I can go further back. I can go to, you know, Eddie Murphy, again, another legend. What about um, uh, Robin Williams? 
Robin Williams, yeah. The list goes on. I'm a massive fan of Jim McGaffigan, if I'm pronouncing that right. He's a fantastic uh, comedian. Loves the silly. Um, can go back to Roger Dangerfield, Richard Pryor. You know, they're all the way back to Lionel Nardi. I mean, they're all just amazing on the American scene. There's a great um, uh, young guy coming through um, probably over the last five years now called Mark Normand. And Mark Normand is just smashing out of the park and he says it how it is. Um, and uh, he's got some great gags um, and well-crafted material. Uh, a great comedian. Wow. You know what, John? I got to ask you this because uh, I, I was a stand-up comedian for a while. And um, it's certain things that even though it's funny, I believe, uh, in society and in our world, is there anything that you won't joke about? I'm talking about regardless of what it is, regardless of how funny it might be, but it kind of touches us from the heart and says, okay, we can't go there. Um, I think... It's the, well, you know, as, a good, as a good old Irish comedian used to say, it's the way you tell them. And obviously, what is the point of the joke? You know, where's where's the bang for your buck? You know, what is it? What who's it pointing at? Is it pointing at you and making you look silly because you've got the wrong end of the stick? Um, you know, it's, it's how it's crafted and how it's meant. And a lot of these jokes are taken out of context. You know, I mean, um, you know, comedians from the sixties and seventies. If they were born today and, and worked in, the, in, in this industry today, they'd never tell another joke again. So, you know, um, so f- for me, I would say no, nothing's out of bounds. Nothing is out of bounds when it comes to a joke, um, personally. But it's how, how it, you've got to be real careful and real clever to play that game. I'm going to tell you, uh, when I first started uh, in comedy, right, and uh, especially if you're opening up for a, a big name and uh, you are the opening act or number two uh, and uh, the audience want to hear the main guest. Uh, I'm t- they want to hear the, 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 the show that they came to see. Uh, I'm going to ask you this question. Have you ever, and I mentioned it, I, I said it like this, have you ever died on stage, meaning... That you come out and you are doing your thing and the crowd just don't want to hear you and they just start heckling. It doesn't matter how funny your jokes are. doesn't matter this or that. Uh, how do you handle a situation? Because we all have been in that situation before. Maybe not you, but I have. How do you handle that? I've never had a, a particularly roundy crowd um, you know, heckling. I've had individuals on on the odd occasion, and then with those back pocket gags that you keep for those uh, those um, those moments, you can throw at them and hope that they stick, and hope that you get the crowd back on side. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've certainly uh, I've certainly died on the inside, James. Put it that way. Uh, <laughs> you know, where your jokes aren't landing well. There's tumbleweeds trotting through, uh, and you think this is not this is, and I'm dying on the inside, slowly <laughs> and surely. But you just try to keep that clown face on and keep going rolling. And and you and you have to, man. Uh, in showbiz, I mean, you have to. Everything is not. I mean, because it might be a hit yesterday, or uh, even if you're doing two or three shows, it might have been a hit uh, two shows an hour two earlier. It might not resonate with the new audience that just came in. And so uh, uh, people that don't understand how that is, uh, and if you don't have a stick skin, uh, you would die on stage. But i tell you what, we got to take a station break. But we're going to come back and continue this great discussion with John Wilson. i tell you. If you want to be part of the conversation, that's 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. I'm James Cooley, and we'll be back shortly after the break. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow, and we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer, San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. Listening audience, we are here tonight with comedian John Wilson. And if you want to be part of this conversation, please call in at 1-888-344-1170. 1-888-344-1170. John, you know, a lot of stand-up comedians, basically comedians in general, people expect them to be exactly like they are on stage. Are you more of a serious person or are you a person who cracks jokes a lot in real life away from the stage? Um, I suppose I'm a bit of a joker, um, for sure. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, definitely a joker. Um, yeah, yeah, that, I, I, I've, I've got nothing else for that. I'm just, I'm just a very silly man uh, <laughs> at all times, you know. I'm never, never, I never, never rest. You know, the mind, the mind of a comedian is a, a busy one. We actually have a caller, JC, and we have Anthony on the line from Atlanta, and he's got a question for John tonight. Hey, Anthony, hi, welcome to the show. How you doing? Uh, how you doing, my friend? Uh, doing all this- right. I hope you guys are as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So glad that you called in. Uh, you got a, a question for this great guy. Uh, yes, I do. I was wondering with the audience's ability to go live and actually film, how much pressure is there to uh, not recycle material or have to constantly come up with new material versus years past before this kind of technology existed? Well, that, that's a really, really, really good question. Um <clears throat> I mean, I've watched comedians... When you start immersing yourself into comedy, I've watched comedians... Because of YouTube now, you can go back and you can look at old clips and you can see the same comedians do the same material time and time and time again. And if it's not broke, don't fix it, use it. And some people will go and see the comedians tell those same jokes again and again and again. I use... I tend to use the same sort of material as I'm rocking through... Um, my set you know I talk about those back pocket gags you know what I mean stuff that you can just pick up and throw out there or there might be a hackle that you want to throw back out that's another a pocket one but um, but yeah does that does that sort of like cover that I'm no expert <laughs> wow hey Anthony that was a great question uh, do you have another one uh, yes um, I also did want to uh, kind of touch on what you guys were talking about with hecklers. You know, um, how much of your act is, you know, a uh, kind of improv or, you know, kind of quick-witted response to crowd? You know, is that something that you incorporate into your show or 
do you pretty much follow a format as far as you know what you had uh, pretty much um, in mind before the show started? You know, do is there any improv that's associated with your act? Well, here's the thing: if I'm in the UK doing comedy, my act is completely different to the act that I do when I go to the United States because I've got to think about I've got to think about my dialect. I've got to think about pronunciation. Uh, I've got to get those things right, and also terminology for various words. So, what, so in the UK, I'm a lot more free rolling. But when I come to the States, I'm, I stay more on track, and so I know exactly what I'm going to say when I get on stage. Um, so, yeah, so it, it, it's more scripted, certainly the, the American comedy for me when I come. Thank you so much. You know, hey, Anthony, thanks so much, man. Those were two absolutely fantastic questions. Noah, I, I know you up right now, but wow, those, those were two, two very good questions. Yeah, those were dynamite. <laughs> absolutely. John, it's so good to have you on, find out more about you. And, you know, I, I, I would like to know whether it's been in the United States or mainly in the UK, what type of feedback, like things that, people generally come back at you with as feedback for seeing some of, some of your stand-up? Because that, that really um, kind of gives a flavor of, I believe, the type of comedian that you are. Um, the American audiences are cool, but they're obviously fascinating me for, for many reasons, one of them being the fact that I'm English, you see. So that's a fascination. <laughs> um, and that can help as well, you know, because it's something completely different, something that they're not used to. Because obviously... If I'm gigging, uh, it, 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 not that I've gigged in many venues in the uh, in Florida, but I have I, I've stayed within those same venues, but only only three in total. But I keep going back thanks to uh, Chris Gorgeous, um, and uh, it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. <laughs> uh, I, like I, I, I always think know. about how the, the usually the greatest compliment I always heard for Robin Williams, and I mention him because he is one of my favorites, is he was the best at ad-libbing. I mean, the guy did not need a script to just do Amazing. some genuinely funny stuff. So maybe there's some feedback that you've gotten from fans that have said, hey, you know what? For this particular type of comedy, like John is lights out. Listen, it's horses for courses. If you go on stage as a comedian, you're dividing the audience in half straight away. You know what I mean? And then you're going to try, you're, you're hoping to make, get everybody on side. But, uh, you know, it's so difficult to do that. Um, and um, they either love you or hate you. You know, you can't, we were talking about before about you go there and you're getting heckled and stuff. Obviously, this audience are not into it and they don't like you. And it doesn't mean that your comedy doesn't work. Because you know that it does, because you've done it somewhere else. So, um, because I've heard comedians say, oh, never blame the audience. Well, I don't believe that's true. I say blame the audience. Because if they haven't turned up for a good time and a good night, unless, unless you get something completely wrong and you're not, you know, you're not on point yourself and you're struggling, then that's on you. But if you've got everything going on and that audience isn't with you and they've not turned up, then, you know, it's going to be, uh, you've got to fight in your hands. And we've all done gigs like that. You know know what, John? John, I tell you, man, this is so great. My producer, he, uh, even though he didn't mention that to you, he has a couple of shows, and he already just said, I got to get this guy on the show. I mean, that's, that means you impress it, if that makes any sense. Uh, and and that's my great producer Noah Dingley. Noah, you come on, you can you can tell him. Oh yeah, I'm you know John. I'm tremendously you know excited to get to know you a little bit to find out about you know your your comedy stylings. And I do I host my own show as JC just said, and I've already actually reached out to uh, to to Crystal. She's booked guests for me in the past, and I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to possibly getting you on. You oh, know, wonderful. It's wonderful. Hey, I got to ask you a question. Now, we're down to the last two minutes of the show. I got to get two questions into one. Uh, my first question is, if you was not a comedian, what what you think you might be doing right now? Um, well, I was a computer engineer in another life, so 
Um, so I'd probably, and I still, you know, I still keep my hand in, as they say. You know, it's uh, it's not all comedy, especially over these last these last tri- couple of years. That, you know that we've we've suffered because I've only done two gigs within two years. One of them was in St. Pete, Florida, and the other one was in uh, Southport, which is just north of me, one month ago. So, so yeah, um, <laughs> let's hope we have many more. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll tell you what is. Um there are any films or any major projects uh, that's uh, is coming down the line that you you might be working on right now? Um, I work on a on a, um, a a radio play with an Australian comedian, uh, which is rather enjoyable, called Shipwrecked. You can check that out on Spotify. Um, and um, my, my, I do run my own podcast, which is the John Wilson Radio Show. Um, I shared your, you, you guys' stuff on there today. I've got a bit of a love-hate relationship with social media. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, really, but, you know, you know you've know, you got to use it these days to uh, try and promote yourself. And you so got on. to. You got to. We're down, down to the last 30 seconds of the show. I, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, or we might extend that invitation out again for another show if, you might, if you're available. You know, so uh, I've gone so quick. But it all it always go quick when you're having fun. You you already know how, how that is, my friend. So I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I want to thank my great great uh, co-host Michelle Cooley. I want to thank my great 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 producer Noah Dingley. Most importantly, I like to thank our listener audience for taking the time to come on and listen to us. Uh, we're always looking for sponsors so we can continue bringing this great mess. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life, where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's your life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.